0: Peace and blessings, this is Muslims for Peace podcast, you have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast, please subscribe to our channel. Another example of the Prophet's Rahmah, there are two interesting hadiths mentioned in Bukhari. These hadiths indicate that the Prophet would expedite his salah, not rush his salah. There's a difference between rushing your salah and expediting it. Rushing it is, you don't even know what you're doing. Just pray two minutes and get it over with. No. A mu'min never prays like that. But expediting the salah means you don't have to do too many mustahabbat and take too long. Do all the obligations, concentrate well, but just do it a little bit quicker. The hadith states from Anas ibn Malik, this is mentioned in Bukhari, that the Prophet states... In this hadith that sometimes I am praying and I'd like to prolong my prayer. You know when you do ruku and you say Subhana Rabbi al-Azimi wa, uh, Subhana al-azim wa You know it's mustahab to say that many times? Seven times, nine times, f- hundred times, five hundred times. It's mustahab, it's an act of ibadah. Prolong your salah. The Prophet says, I personally wish I could prolong my salah. فأسمع as الصبي then I hear a child crying فَأَتَجَوَّزُ فِي صلاتي. the Prophet says so I expedite that, that my salah, why? مِمَّا أَعْلَمُ مِن shiddati وَجْدِ ummi مِن because I know his mother right now in salah she's being disturbed by her son crying or her, her daughter crying look at this scene can you imagine? Rasulullah praying jama'ah he's saying I hear a child crying and I know naturally his mother is going to be Influenced by this crying, you know, your son is crying, you don't want your son to crying. The Prophet says, I pray faster out of mercy for the mother. So she can go to her child and keep him quiet. And another hadith, Anas says, I swear, never did I pray behind any prayer leader who was so beautifully swift in his salah like the Prophet alaihi because when he would realize that someone praying in jama'ah can't take a long salah like a mother with children or somebody with a disability or someone who's old he would quickly pray and that shows you the Prophet even though salah is so important it's the pillar of faith the Prophet didn't want to overburden anyone yeah I in my Nawafir in my own personal time I can pray a one hour long prayer but I'm not going to put the Musalleen behind me in a lot of burden and pain so instead of a five minute prayer I'll make it to 50 minutes I'm not going to do that this is from the Akhlaq of Rasulullah so the Prophet really cared my dear brothers and sisters you have to understand this is Arabia a child crying and his mother is concerned about him, meant nothing to that society, nothing. They couldn't care less about something like that. Wallah a woman, uh, she's distracted because her son is crying, they didn't care. That's not something the men of that society cared about. The Prophet expedites his salah for that, that's big. That's a big stance that the Prophet is, is, is sending. Now imagine if you disturb this mother, you abuse this mother, the Prophet is showing the men, the husbands, look, I expedited my salah which is wajib, which is the pillar of my faith, just so I can give relief to this mother. Don't think about harassing this mother. Don't think of disrespecting this mother. Don't think of abusing this mother. Do you see the example of the Prophets leaving here? Like feel ashamed if you're going to do more than that. I, I Rasulullah praying jama'ah, I pray quicker out of rahma for her. And you go back into your house and you yell at her and you make her cry and you abuse her. This is the example of Rasulullah Another beautiful example is when Muhammad, the son of Abu Bakr, was born. Muhammad's mother was Asma' bint Umais. She was previously married to uh, Ja'far al-Tayyar, the brother of Imam Ali, and the cousin of the Prophet. Ja'far al-Tayyar became a shaheed at the battle of Mu'tah, was one of the battles during the time of the Prophet, he was killed, he became a shaheed. So later, Asma remarried who? Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr married Asma. When he married her, they had a son by the name of Muhammad. Muhammad, the son of Abu Bakr, who later Imam Ali alayhi salam raised him and took him in his care. Al-Alam al-Majlisi in in the book Bihar al-Anwar, he narrates this hadith, He states that the final Hajj, when the Prophet ﷺ was going to the final Hajj, he left Medina, he went to the Hajj, this is year 10 of the Hijrah. The Prophet ﷺ mobilized thousands, tens of thousands of Muslims to do the final Hajj with him. When the Prophet, on his way to the Hajj, when he reached the village of dhul Huleifa, which is one of the Mawaqeet, the Miqat that a person puts the Ihram from, it's called Dhul Huleifa. when the Prophet reached Dhul Huleifa, Asma gave birth, she was pregnant, she came to the Hajj but she was pregnant, so where did she give birth? at the village of Dhul Huleifa. who did she give birth to? her son Muhammad you know what the Prophet did that night? he didn't continue traveling, normally you get to Dhul Huleifa. You put on the ihram, for instance, and then you go. You go towards Mecca. You just stop there shortly. The Prophet realized, look, there's thousands of Muslims with me, but there's a woman who gave birth. She can't travel right now. She needs at least one night to rest. So the Prophet delayed the travel plans till the next day in honor of one woman who gave birth there in the caravan. Brothers and sisters, maybe today you get this. But this is 7th century Arabia. This is unheard of, unheard of. For a leader to to delay thousands of travelers. Why? Because one lady gave birth. They did not care at that time. They didn't care about this. Who cares? The Prophet says, I care. She gave birth in honor of this lady. Who gave birth? I'm going to stop here. Let's camp. Let's sleep. Tomorrow when she's better, then we'll travel. SubhanAllah. Look at the rahmah of Rasulullah with the people of his era. This is something, my dear brothers and sisters, that people need to know today. People who have a negative image of the Prophet is because they don't know who he is. It's our job. All of us take these lessons from the Prophet's life, share it. Go on social media, share it with the world. Share it with your friends, with your classmates make clips about these. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi As for the concern of the Prophet for the poor, now we're talking about those who are weak in that society, right? We mentioned the slaves, we mentioned women, who were considered weak in that society. The poor people, they also had no position, no one to care for them. It has been narrated that the Prophet sallallahu at night, he would go three times to the masjid. know what he would do? He would ask one of the maids of his wives, he would tell her go into our house, one of the rooms and bring us some food. So the maid would go and she would bring a pot that barely has any food in it because in the homes of the Prophet you barely found food anyways. So basically There would be just maybe food for like half a person, not not a lot of food, just maybe some bread or whatever it was. The Prophet would take that pot, but this is Rasulullah, Allah puts barakah in what he's carrying. The Prophet would go to his masjid at night, people are sleeping. He'd wake up 10 people, 10 of the masakeen, the poor people. He'd wake them up, he'd feed them from that pot. Remember, the food was not enough for a person in that pot. But Allah put the barakah in it, He fed 10 people. So He told them, Kulu bismillah, say bismillah and eat. Then He'd wake up another 10, He'd feed them. He'd wake up another 10, and He'd feed them. Until all of the poor people who were sleeping over in the Prophet's mosque were fed by Rasulullah. Who does that? Seriously, who does that every single night? Now this uh, this other hadith is narrated by Abu Hurairah, you know the companion of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi Abu Hurairah says, I swear by God in this hadith, I would struggle with hunger to the point of pain. I had to basically tie a rock to my stomach just to help me with the hunger. He says, so one day Abu Bakr passed by I asked him about a verse in the Quran, either he means like what's the tafsir of this verse or maybe just teach me a verse in the Quran, in hopes of him seeing my desperate state and giving me food <laughs> He says I wasn't really too concerned about the Quran, I just asked him a question so he can see my state and give me some food, so Abu Bakr didn't help me then Abu Huraira narrates this by the way. He says, then Umar came. I asked him about a verse in the Quran in hopes that he'd feed me. Umar didn't show any concern either. He didn't feed me. Then Marrabiya Abu Al-Qasim sallallahu alayhi Then the Prophet sallallahu passed by. Fatabassama hina ra'ani. Before he, I even asked him a verse about the Quran, he smiled and he basically signaled to me, I, I know what you're going through, you're hungry. He told me, Abahir, that was his kunya, his title. Come, come with me. He says the Prophet went to one of those rooms and there was maybe a jug, a container with some milk in it, some milk. The Prophet was told that this milk has been given as a hadiya to you, as a gift. The Prophet told Abu, Hurairah, take this milk, you see the poor people in the masjid, they were called Ahlul Sufa. they were homeless people of the time, they had nowhere to go, no one to care for them, no food, nothing. They would be hungry in a desperate state. The Prophet ﷺ told him, basically to summarize the hadith, according to Abu Huraira. he told me, Ya Abahir, go to these poor people in my masjid and feed them from this milk. Abu, Abu Huraira basically says, oh no, I'm the poor guy who is hungry here. I thought I could drink this little milk here and he's giving it to others. I want it for myself, like you see that I'm hungry. So he's like, I was disappointed, but hey, this is Rasulullah, I'm not going to say no to him. He says, I took the milk, the container, I went as instructed by the Prophet, I went and fed them, he says I would give them from the container the milk wouldn't finish Mm-mm. and then I came back with some remnants for one person in the container, the Prophet said Yalla ya Abu Rayy, here's yours, here's your share, he says we all drank, we were all full that night with the barakah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi now do we accept the hadith like this if the narrator is not reliable Just a side question, because we know Abu Hurairah is not reliable. We know he used to fabricate hadiths. Yeah, some of the hadiths he would say are true, but a lot of them are questionable. So if a narrator is not reliable, do we accept their narration? See, scholars say we must be very careful. If the hadith that is narrated by a narrator who's not reliable contains a legal ruling, and it's the only hadith we don't have any other supporting evidence obviously the marja will not issue a fatwa based on it because the narrator is not reliable I don't know if the narrator is lying or telling the truth but let's say it's not an issue that has a legal ruling like a story Abu huraira says I was hungry the prophet fed us right it's not a legal ruling and it's not a political statement or Ahlul Bayt or something right scholars say maybe we can accept it but still with some caution, maybe maybe the narrator is giving the impression that he's special so that you accept his other hadiths, oh wow Abu Huraira, he witnessed this miracle of the Prophet maybe let me accept his other hadith, so you have to be very careful but if the content itself is valid and it's confirmed by other reports we accept it, so this hadith by Abu Huraira, even though Abu Huraira is not reliable himself but number one We could say there are other hadiths that confirm the content of this hadith. The Prophet cared for the poor. And Abu Huraira is saying the Prophet cared about the poor. So we know that's valid. The Prophet sends them food or milk. We know from other reports the Prophet would do that. There would be barakah in the food that the Prophet sends. It would be very little food but it would be enough for everyone. See that's also confirmed. So even though this hadith is narrated by Abu Hurairah, we can accept the content because it's confirmed by other reports.